You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today we are on episode 205. It's actually May 1st, so I believe, I think they call it May Day. I'm not sure. Today is the 1st of May, so I hope all of you are doing well. You're enjoying spring. I know for us, we finally, well, I don't know, my wife says that we don't go, we, we pretty much go from winter to summer around here, so, but we have, our, our our weather has improved a lot. You know, a month ago, we were, we were getting hammered with snow, and so we need the moisture, but on the other hand, it's, uh, it's kind of nice to see that uh, spring is actually going to be spring, probably not for very long for us but summer's just around the corner, so I hope all of you are doing well. So today's podcast episode is Black Mold and Windows. It's something that we deal with quite often. Um, It's, you know, when we do mold mitigation, when we go in and do our our estimate, uh, it's very common for us to find mold in areas that our clients didn't think there was mold. And I guess what I'm saying is, you know, when we get a phone call and, and somebody says, hey, Steve, you know, I've heard you guys are a great mold mitigation company. We'd like to get an estimate from you. Uh, we say, yeah, you know, that's great. We used to not charge for estimates and we don't, don't really like to say we're charging for an estimate, but we do charge to go out to the property and do a full inspection and then to do the estimate. And the reason behind that is in the past, I didn't charge and there's still times there's obviously there's times that I don't um, based on the circumstances. But what we would do in the past is we'd go out and we would do, 
you know, kind of a quick over once over on on the area that the client thinks that they need mold mitigation. So let's just say they think that you know they had a moisture intrusion event in their basement. They think that they only you know have half of their basement that they have to deal with and so we go in we look at that sometimes you know we'd say hey there's there's a little bit more in this basement maybe the whole basement needs a flood cut and then we'd do the estimate and we'd go in and do the job and we'd run air tests and when the air tests would come back there were concerns we would have to go back out there and literally do a full inspection and the reason why is is because we had to figure out what was given us concerns in our air test results post mitigation. And a lot of times we only run the air test inside the containment. But on the other hand, you know, when we're done with mitigation, we do one inside the containment and then one in in a common area. So if we were doing that basement I was talking about, we'd run one test inside that containment, let's say it's the entire basement, and then we do one upstairs just so that we can say to our clients, yeah, the air quality is acceptable in our opinion. If that upstairs test comes back and it has toxic mold, you know, they, they want to typically look at us and say, well, what did you do wrong? And it doesn't necessarily mean that we did anything wrong. We just, there was probably a problem upstairs and we end up going back for that inspection and we find something. So to kind of get back to what I was saying is, you know, we do charge for the inspection because now when we go do an estimate, we no longer just go address what our client thinks is, is the concern. And so by charging, you know, a lot of people understand it, but some people don't. And I explained to them, like, you're getting a full mold inspection because we check the roof, everything. You're getting a full mold inspection plus an estimate. If you think we're charging you for the estimate, that's not necessarily what we're charging you for. Plus, on top of that, we're into it several hours between the actual time on site and then doing the estimate. That was kind of a little bit of a tangent I got off on, but I just wanted to explain uh, to all of you, you know, how we operate I know every company doesn't operate that way, but we have our reasonings and I just explained it. Going back to what I was saying, you know, when we go in and we do an estimate and we start looking around and we're doing the inspection, it's very common to see mold adjacent to the windows. That's pretty common too with doors. You know, a lot of times it's like, well, you know, that's normal, right? No, it's not. Is it common? Yes, but is that normal that there's mold or mold infestations around a window? No, there's nothing normal about that. That should not be going on. So it's something, we're, we're in, into spring right now. At nighttime, it's, it cools off uh, so we can open our windows at night. Uh, maybe some of you, you know, open your windows and leave for the day to go to work, which you don't want to do. But it is something that you need to make sure that you're aware of, that your windows can be making you sick and they can cause mold sickness. The question would be from, you know, my client, well, how can water cause or what causes the mold around that window? A lot of times, you know, you could say, well, we don't, we don't open windows. And a lot of people these days don't. I believe that's part of why we have what's called the mold epidemic. Most people don't get a whole lot of fresh air coming into their homes. Our homes are somewhat sealed up. We have HVAC systems. A lot of people, it starts getting warm in the house, you just kick the, the AC on. Uh, for those of us that are like to pinch our pennies, you know, we open our windows at night, let it get really cool in the home, and then close everything up during the day to try to prevent the, the heat from rising. So if you were to do that, you would say, well, how, like, how else can I get mold uh, from, from a defective window if I don't open them? And a, a lot of times that mold is 
not even visible. It's typically in the wall cavity. What happens is I call it our driving rains. Depending on where you live, I would assume, you know, you have the prevailing winds that usually come from the same direction. Depending on where you live, you know, in Wyoming, it's usually always coming from the northwest. Uh, some areas, you know, you get down into Utah in different areas, and sometimes it's coming from the southeast. It really depends. Like, you know, if you're next to the ocean, it's probably coming from, from that direction. If, you know, you're by a canyon, it's going to probably come down that canyon. So my point is, is, you know, the, the prevailing winds, when you get a driving rain, which for us, it happens, we don't get rain all the time, but it happens quite often, especially in the spring, that we get those driving rains and it literally, it blows water in sideways. And when that happens, water can pretty much get in anywhere. It's uh it's kind of a pain. And when it comes to your windows, that's typically what's going to happen. So I guess my point is, is it's coming in from the exterior, which obviously if you opened your windows, that's where the rain's going to come from. How, you know, how can you prevent that? You know, what, what, what is it that you can be doing as a homeowner? And to kind of backtrack a little bit, we'll get into the prevention side of it here in a, in a few minutes, but going back to what can cause it, it could be that it's coming in from the outside and it can be, it can be coming in around the trim. Maybe your siding or stucco or whatever, you know, maybe you have rock or brick. Maybe they didn't put a brick ledger on there properly. Maybe they didn't put the proper trim up when they did, or J channel when they did the vinyl siding. There could be numerous reasons why it's happening. And also, you know, something that most people don't think about, if you have uh, dual pane windows or they're double pane, Sometimes a, a small crack in the window can get in, it can get in between the two panes, and then it can make its way into the house itself. But my point is this, is a lot of times, if that water's coming in around the flashing or whatever that's defective around that window, a lot of times you don't see the the indications or the moisture intrusion or water stains that are telling you, hey, there's probably mold in there. And a lot of people would think, well, can, if you can't really see the mold, if it's in the wall cavity, can it affect me? And of course it can. Going back to what I kind of tapped into a little bit earlier, homes are somewhat pressurized. And when I say somewhat, you know, you can call it the stack effect. You can call it barometric pressures. Those are things that are way deeper than my expertise. But if you have, it's the same concept with a crawl space. If you have mold in a crawl space, can it get up into the living area? Absolutely. If you have mold in an attic, can it get down into the living area and the airspace below it? Typically, no, because of that stack effect. Usually, it's the, the air is being pulled out. And as you very well know, hot air rises. So, you know, naturally, things are moving up. But if there's mold in your attic, is there still potential that it can make its way or it could be down in the living area below it? Of course, it's not as likely, but it can. So my point is this, is if, if there is mold in the wall cavity around your windows, it can absolutely affect your health. And it's something that, you know, a lot of people like to, and I don't want to say argue because it's not arguing. I think a lot of it is we're just trying to understand another person's point of view. But a lot of people will say, hey, that's not possible, but it is. It's windows, buildings, draft. And when you have those driving rains, or even when it's really windy, I'm pretty sure you could go even up to outlets, and, and depending on the quality of the home, you can literally feel air 
come through those outlets. Is that normal? No. Is it common? Yes, it is. Now, does that mean there's your, you need to sell your house and go you know, buy a new one? No. There are things you can do to prevent that. But my point is, is mold in the wall cavity, in my opinion, is just as much of a concern than it is if you can see it. Now, of course, if you can see it, it's right there. It's probably more likely to be airborne. It doesn't even have to be airborne. Your children can literally, you know, if you have young kids, they can ingest it. There's all sorts of stuff. So don't think because you can't see it that it's not a concern. Keep that in mind that you might not ever see any indications that there's a concern in that wall cavity, but keep in mind that that it can happen. What do you do or what can you do to prevent mold that was caused from your windows? Well, the easiest thing you can do, and you know, this is what I did well before I got into the toxic mold podcast and even mold itself, is I did home inspections. You don't have to be a home inspector to go inspect around your windows. It takes you 10 minutes. You know, if you have a massive house, it might take you a little longer. If you have a two-story house and you have windows on that second story you can't really get to, you can use binoculars, you can use a ladder if you're not terrified of ladders. But you can literally take less than an hour and inspect those windows. And what are you going to inspect for? First and foremost, make sure that there's no cracks in those window panes. That's easy. You don't even have to do that from the outside. You can do that from the inside. From the outside, you also want to check around the window frame itself. Some windows are going to be metal, some are wood, some are vinyl. Uh, The material you have is probably going to dictate if you're going to have problems in the future. If you have metal window frames, you're less likely to have mold issues versus wood window frames. Are there companies like Pella, Pella Windows, Anderson Windows that are wood frames that are high quality? Absolutely. But even at that, it's wood and wood has to be maintained. My point is, is even if they're high dollar windows, they can still, if they're wood, if they're any material, they can still have problems. But just don't fall into the the false narrative of, well, they're expensive windows, so we don't have to do anything. But check around those window frames and make sure that they're There should be flashing or J-channel or something to prevent the water from getting from the actual flange itself back behind the siding and into the wall cavity. So just check and make sure that there's not big gaps, you know, between the window frame itself and whatever type of siding it is. And it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's brick, vinyl, hardy plank stucco it just it doesn't matter what it is make sure that there's no voids there and if there are it it doesn't take and i know it's easy for me to say because i i'm a contractor by trade it doesn't take that long honestly you can go down to your local hardware store you can get clear exterior silicone so you don't even have to worry about if it matches you can literally for for 10 windows you can get four or five tubes and it should be able to do that and it literally will take you a couple hours on a, on a nice afternoon. Trust me, that couple hours and the cost for that silicone, you're into materials less than $100, two hours of your time. It's going to save you thousands down the road for medical bills, for mold sickness, and for mold mitigation. So take the time to make sure that you're addressing any concerns. And one thing I see all the time as a professional is let's just say windows on a two-story building, they silicone everything on the inside. And they're like, well, we put all the silicone on the inside. Don't do that. 
if water's coming through from the outside and it's coming inside the window and you silicone that, you literally trapped all the water in that wall cavity. So never, never deal with the moisture issue only on the inside. Can you silicone the inside? Absolutely. I personally don't recommend it because I like to see if water's getting in. It's the same concept for me as, as a toilet on a floor. I don't typically like to silicone all the way around it because if the wax seal is leaking, you can't really see and all the water is just going to saturate the subfloor and everything below. It's the same concept with your windows. So I personally wouldn't recommend the interior seal on those. If you want to put silicone there, that's up to you. But make sure you do silicone from the exterior. Keep in mind also that even exterior silicone, depending on the brand, it doesn't last forever. You know, I personally, from from my experience, for the most part, I would say every five to ten years, you need to at least make sure that you're inspecting it and making sure that you're probably going to have to pull out the old stuff and replace it. So keep that in mind. Don't just silicone around the inside because you see water coming in. You will have, by the time you figure out and see water coming through the wall, you're going to have a major, major problem. And it's not just going to be mold. There's going to be a lot of wood rot and it could be a structural concern. What's my call to action? I just told you, take 10 minutes, an hour, shouldn't take an hour. Go around the exterior of your home and the interior and inspect around all the windows. Make sure when you're inspecting, you look below the windows because a lot of times that moisture can come in from the window itself and then it kind of just drains down below the window. And the reason I say that is a lot of times you're not looking up underneath there. So make sure you don't have any water stains. Appreciate all of you that have signed up for the mold investigation checklist, but I have an email list and all you have to do is you get, you get a mold investigation checklist. It's a great document that, that goes over some stuff from my point of view. Um, you can go to the website. I will actually put the link in the comments, but go to the website and sign up for that mold investigation checklist, which will put you on our email list. Our emails, we do not blow up your emails at all. I'm really big on that. We don't sell them your email address or anything like that. We literally, unless it's a holiday or something special, we only send out an email every other week and I do it every other Monday. I come up with all the content. It's similar to these podcasts, just not as much information. But I, I give you pointers and ways that you can maintain your home and prevent mold. Sign up for that email list. Like I said, it's you can either go to the website and there's a tab on the homepage. It says uh, mold investigation checklist. Click on that. It'll walk you through. You sign up or I will put the link in the uh, description of this podcast. Today was episode 205. I hope all of you are staying safe and doing well. And once again, thanks for listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the Mold Investigation Checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free Mold Investigation Checklist today. You can also, on cnccontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.